Welcome to Talk It Out with Tab. I'm your host, Tab, creating a safe space for you to share your truth. Let's talk it out so we can walk into our existence of thriving together. Let's get it. So this evening, we have Kimberly Mays with us. She is an amazing friend, an amazing sister, an amazing daughter, and social worker, a traveling social worker. And she is also an entrepreneur and an author of two amazing books. And so we have Kimberly Mays this evening, and she's going to be talking to us about self-care. I wanted Kim to talk to us about self-care today because I don't know anyone who does it better. She is really intentional about um, her self-care ritual and the consistency in which she does self-care. So I wanted her to talk to us today about the importance of self-care. Sis, how are you doing today? I'm good. I actually forgot that I did some of the things that you mentioned. So I was like, yeah, I did write two books. <laughs> I forgot. But I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You did. And you do so much more. You do so much more. That was truly a condensed version of the woman that you are. So thank you. That um, and and again, you know, it was a condensed version, not because I want to take anything away, but it was a condensed version because I want to give the people the the gems that you have. I can't I couldn't even do that in 30 minutes. So we probably will need to do a part one, um, a part two or part three. But today, more specifically, what I wanted to focus on was how you take care of yourself and how you are so intentional about pouring into your soul and your body, your mind, and even part of your self-care ritual I've seen is pouring into others. So I guess my first question for you is, what started that journey for you? What started your your intentionality with self-care? Hmm. I think that it just really came from the fact that I was stressed. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was stressed. I was feeling overwhelmed. I was feeling um, like cloudy, so to speak. Um, I was feeling heavy. I was feeling just blah and I remember this probably was like maybe a year or two post-college undergrad I was like you know I'm getting invited to all of these events and I'm not necessarily excited about going (laughs) like it's nothing that I want to do you know and my friend was like well why don't you create your own events and invite the people that you want to come and you know create the atmosphere that you want when she said that I was like you're so right like duh and I think that kind of just snowballed into creating the environment for myself creating the environment for others really exploring what that looked like for me um And so that is what actually started it. And it really was, I was just feeling heavy. I was feeling distant from friends because I really wasn't engaging in the activities that they were engaging in at the time. Um, And so I just kind of just, you know, went within and was like, okay, what do you like to do? You can't feel like this all the time. So what are we gonna do to make you not feel like this? Hmm. Now, 
that is a pretty early age to really become intentional about creating your own atmosphere. At 21, 22, a lot of people are still trying to figure out who they are. And so that speaks volumes about, I believe, your awareness. It seems like you have always had this, this keen self-awareness. And I think that's really important for people to understand in order for them to create their routines of self-care. Because if you haven't taken the time to realize what it is that you like and what speaks to your soul and what fuels your soul, you can't, you can't begin to act on it. You can't begin to move on it. And I guess, you know, you, you are mature. You, you've since I've known you, you've always been mature. I met you in your twenties, and not that we're gonna give our ages on here, but you know, we're <laughs> I'm just fine with my age. I'm fine with my age too. Blessing. But you know, we're just we're beautifully seasoned. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but um, you have to be, and I think, I think that it's important for people to know that they have to be in tune with who they are and what fuels their soul. A lot of people aren't, unfortunately, because we're so busy moving. At 21 and 22, a lot of people are just trying to connect with their friends, trying to be where their friends are. And so I commend you for taking that time out to say, this is not really what's fueling me. And to, to being patient with yourself, to say, to question yourself and to figure out what is fueling you. So what are some thank of the you. things? I, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say thank you. I appreciate that. Like, you know, as you were talking and as I was just going through, like, where it really started from, I have to go back further, to be honest. And I think that just my upbringing, um, as well as, of course, I have, I've, if you don't know, I've had traumatic experiences, which really made me intentional from a young age to say, how I'm not going to um, live my life, how I am choosing to raise my kids, how I'm choosing to be the woman that I want to be, um, how I'm going to be a mama bear, how I'm going to be an awesome wife. Like all of that came from my traumatic experiences and my upbringing. Um, and so I would have to say from very young, like I remember I was in, kindergarten um I knew what I wanted and what I didn't like I, that's as far back as I can think because I remember the school that I was in um when I decided at that time I was going through you know some familial issues um I experienced a lot of trauma during that age and so I remember where I was in the school that I was in that made me decide what I want my life to look like um, and I think that making sure that I did not have that feeling from that trauma was very intentional with the way that I decided to engage with my self-care, the beginning, you know, the beginning stages of it. Um, so just, just thinking about what you said, like, yeah, it goes, actually goes way deeper than the second year after college. Um. I, I certainly was decided because I knew that I wanted to live a life of freedom and how I felt at that time wasn't freedom. It was dark. So um, I think that that set the tone for me to explore um, and then have permission to do that as an adult. 
that's that's beautiful actually um not that trauma is a beautiful thing trauma we, of course you don't want children to ever experience trauma but i think the takeaway that the listeners can really hold on to because many of us experience trauma in different ways but the takeaway that people can hold on to is that you did not allow yourself to stay in that trauma you had to work through it you had to decide for yourself that you were not going to give your future over to that trauma absolutely you took control back and i think that's how you allow um yourself to actually be free you know you were seeking that freedom and by you actually saying this is not my future this is not even my present i think you decided even at such a tender age to know that you can be the author of what your narrative looks like and i i never considered it that you know i just knew that i i didn't want to feel that way anymore um as a child of course you know you just you know what you know you don't know the grand scheme of how groundbreaking your thoughts and your feelings can be um but i just knew that i didn't want to feel that way i knew that i didn't want to experience life in some of the ways that i experienced it growing up and yeah that was the foundation of me being open to exploring and understanding that i deserve to have self care time mm that word that's the operative <laughs> yeah. word deserve yeah. mm-hmm. so let's talk <laughs> about deserving even in the midst of trauma you you understood your worth you knew somewhere deep down inside of you that you deserved something more and i think that's what a lot of people tend to miss and I'm even guilty of that, you know. I I tend to look at life um based on what, what you know, what season I'm in. I tend to say, well, I need to be doing this. I know that God has tasked me with this ministry. I know that I have this responsibility and I can go down the list of all the things that I need to do and I will deprive myself of self-care under the guise of I'm not deserving because I haven't completed all of these things because I haven't lived up to whatever um grandiose standards I've placed in my mind. And so, how do you break away from that? Cuz I know that you have grandiose standards for your yourself mm-hmm. as a career woman, as a friend, even as how you show up as a relative, like in every area of your life, I've witnessed you navigating with a posture of excellence. And so, how do you navigate still rewarding yourself with self-care even when you may not have reached a goal or even when you feel like you didn't perform at your best, so to speak? You know what? It took me a long time to get there because I used to be very hard on myself in regards to meeting a goal and oftentimes it was just me beating myself up mentally, right? But the funny part about it is as I'm thinking, I still did self-care things <laughs> even in the process of that. Um whether that was, you know, for me, I am very creative 
And so I'm thinking right now to a time when I was in college and I had my apartment and my friends would say, hey, can I get my hair cut? And they'll come by and I would cut their hair. I would color their hair. I would perm their hair. You know, that for me was relaxing. That for me was rewarding. But then also it was an opportunity to pour into my friend because I know she was going to look good when she got up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So it was it was like, oh, yes. And I, at the time in college, I worked at Sally Beauty Supply. So I had all the supplies. OK, and everybody knew it. Um, <laughs> but that just it, it, I can say that even though I was hard on myself, even though I was I was pushing myself to meet goals, I had to get to the place where self-care was not an escape but a routine. And I say that because sometimes self-care can be an escape. Um, I'm not a mother yet, but let's just say the, the first thing that comes to mind is moms. They feel so guilty about, you know, having that self-care time that when they do get that time, it's an escape versus an enjoyment oftentimes. Um, and so I, have, I, I had to get to the place where no, I'm going to literally put myself on the calendar and I am going to do whatever I want that day. You know, I had to get to the point where <clears throat> I had to start telling people I have an appointment because I really truly do have a heart to help people, but I also would sacrifice my time sometimes, you know, and I wasn't good for me. So what I ended up doing was actually started I started scheduling myself if I know that you know Wednesday at 7 p.m. I have a nail appointment you know and somebody's asking me to do their hair or somebody's asking me to go out no I'm sorry I have an appointment you know mm. or for instance this weekend all I did was sit <laughs> lay up in the bed and watch tv I don't watch tv on a normal day but I felt like doing that this weekend and I didn't feel obligated to do anything else. And had anyone, you know, needed me, I would have said, I'm sorry, I'm not available at this time. Now, emergencies and things like that are different, you know, um, but I, I, I've learned the value of just having my time because my time is going to help me to show up better for other people. If I don't have my time, I'm not going to be able to show up better for other people, whether that's drinking a cup of tea in the morning as my time, whether that's, you know, as I said, just lounging around for the day to just totally knock out and not think about anything. Um, I've, I've had to get there. I, I wasn't always there. It took me a lot of practice to say no. It took me a lot of practice to really put myself in focus even though I've always done it I wanted to make sure that I did it not as a form of escape but as a form of I deserve this as a routine and I deserve that peace constantly in my life versus getting to the point three months down the line where I am dying for that time you know um and it helps me to be more consistent in my days it helps me to be more consistent with others when I have that time consistently, whatever that consistency is for me, you know? For some people, it can be once a month, or some it's every three months. For me, I take time every single day for myself. Um, so yeah, hope that answered the question. It did answer the question, it really did. And it, it 
A few things jumped out to me that I, I want to make sure that people were able to really hold on to. But a couple of things that you said is that you see self-care not as an escape, but as a routine. I think you were right when you said that most people see it as an escape. Because I can, I can, I can, um, I can attest to that. You know, when I finally get that time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I feel like I've been in a pressure cooker for so long because I'm not intentional with that time. Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. I get away, it's like I am running towards mm -hmm. it. And even sometimes when I'm in the midst of the self-care, I'm still taking time to unwind mm -hmm. um, to get there. And a lot of times it doesn't last long enough. It doesn't really refuel me. Um, to the capacity that I need to go back into my day-to-day. -day. And I really like uh, what you said about, not just about it being a routine, but about you being intentional of making it a daily thing. Self-care mm -hmm. doesn't have to necessarily mean going and spending a weekend at an Arizona spa. It can mm -hmm. mean just taking an hour for yourself every single day. Exactly. And that's what I think I hear you saying is that you're intentional about scheduling it every single day as you show up, just like you would show up for work or you would show up um, just, you know, for your personal hygiene. You make sure that you fuel your mind and your, your emotions every single day. Yeah, that's 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 a must. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is mm -hmm. because I, I was sharing this the other day, actually. If I don't have my time every day, if I don't fuel myself how I need to that day with whatever I choose to do that day, I'm no good to anybody else. <laughs> and that's just the truth, you know? It's like, and I choose to take that time in the mornings. Sometimes I read, sometimes I, you know, well, every day I pray, but sometimes I read, sometimes I color, sometimes I fix things. I like to create things. So sometimes I put things together. Sometimes I take a walk. Sometimes, you know, I do something for me, not for anyone else during that time. Unless I, I, I have the unction to do that, you know, but um, that is important because in that time, I am able to put life in perspective uh, and I'm able to ground with myself so that way I can be, you know, the helping hand or the ear for somebody else. Um, and I think too, that's the reason why sometimes we feel guilty and we don't say no because we feel so overwhelmed to say yes or we, we, let me say it this way. Our cup is so full at times that we have a tear when it comes to supporting other people. And I say that in the sense of we, our cup is so full that we can't, we can pour into someone else, but it's out of, it's a, it's a tug of war with yourself because you feel like, oh, I need some time for myself, but I want to be there for you too, but, you know, so it gets mm -hmm. done and it happens but it's with that tug of war you know um, and I've learned that when I'm able to pour into myself I am able to not have that tug of war as much um, I'm not going to say I don't have it but I'm not going to I don't have it as much because I've released everything that I need to release in my time I've given myself the opportunity to refuel so now I can 
show up for you. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why you're such an amazing friend. At least you, you know, you've been an amazing friend to me is because you practice, you have a daily practice of how to show up for somebody. And it starts with yourself. You practice how to show up for you every day and you make that promise and you make that intentionality for yourself. And how how we treat ourselves is how we inadvertently, and the things we say to ourselves is how we inadvertently treat others and, and, and reflect onto others. So I think, you, you know, what you mentioned before that you're able to show up differently for people. That is indeed true because you are so intentional on being so present for yourself and loving on yourself, even in the small moments that you know, you've practiced that every day. You're practicing it every day. You know how to do that when it when it comes to dealing with another human being. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I think that I don't I don't consider it as well put as you put it. I consider it as time of refueling. And it's not, it's actually deeper than that. You know, Um, as you just put it, when it comes to that time, it really is me showing up for myself and me showing up for others in a way um, that is setting the foundation. You know, Um, I never really considered it that way. I just consider it me time. (laughs) But, um, Yeah, you're right. right. You are showing up for yourself. And it's going to teach people how to show up for you as well. This is true. If people see that you are really intentional about your time, they're going to understand that your time is not something that's to be wasted. And if they do it once, I bet you they won't do it again. Because they understand that. that, (laughs) Yeah, they understand that that you're not going to you're not going to give give that. Um give that leeway with that anymore because that's really precious to you when you uh forfeit your your you know your time for somebody else they ought to treat it with with intention with integrity and and with value thank you yes um it's so funny you say that because like um everyone that knows me know that I wake up at the crack of dawn um but I really don't respond or engage until I've completed that time. Um, and I'm intentional about that too, because my energy is given to something other than what I can handle at that point, you know? Um, and again, that just goes back to, if I don't have that time, I'm not able to show up for you, you know? So, um, although people may reach out at the crack of dawn, I generally don't respond until I've had that time. So that way I'm clear. So that way I'm engaged and I can, my true emotion is coming through versus, oh, you know, it's the crack of dawn. Why are you reaching out? You know? Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. Good. 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 Now we are Caribbean Americans. And so um, for me in my family, I have never seen, I didn't grow up with seeing that, um, that intentional self-care. I didn't grow up seeing that. Did you see that in your, in your home growing up? 
I saw it momentarily. And this is going to be so funny because right now we're kind of like in that era where everybody is doing the susu hand thing like that's going around and it's really not a traditional susu it's a scam but nevertheless um I did I saw that I saw that self-care when my mom and my aunt would get their susu hand so for those of you that don't know a susu is basically kind of like a community savings account right Mm -hmm. so if you have five people everybody puts in the same amount of money every week or every month and everybody takes turn in getting the pot, okay? Um, and so my mom and my aunt, they still to this day, they have a susu hand. <laughs> um, and, you know, when they would get their susu, I would know because my mom would buy gifts. My mom would get her hair and her nails done. Um, my aunt would, you know, do whatever she had set out to do with the money. And basically, it's basically an accelerated way of saving, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, oh, well, when I get my susu hand, we're going to go and um, we go on Disney, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. When I get my hand, I'm going Disney. we go going Disney, you know? And so... <laughs> that was the thing and so yeah it I I did see it but in that regards it wasn't a daily thing it wasn't a monthly thing it may have been two or three times a year but I did see it in that regards um the one thing that I can say though is that my mom growing up my mom was like the super parent oh my gosh and she was at school all the time oh my god and so one of the things that she used to do, I remember when I was in second and third grade, she used to, every Friday, um, go to the ice cream depot. And this is when I lived in Los Angeles, California. She used to go to the ice cream depot and she used to buy ice cream, tons of it, tons of it, buy the bins and go around each classroom. You know, back in elementary, tests were on Fridays. Yeah, tests were on Fridays, right? Mm -hmm. And so she used to buy ice cream and candy. This is where I get my addiction from, okay? From her. (laughs) Ice cream, sis. It it, it makes sense, right? So she used to go every Friday to the ice cream depot, get candy and ice cream, and go around to each classroom. And anyone who got a B or an A got to pick their choice of what they wanted. That is she did that for a very long time yeah she did that for a very long time so that taught me the 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 benefits of reward of doing right of basically taking care of business you know so then when I did have the opportunity to grow up and kind of make my own decisions of taking care of business and doing what I needed to do it was like I do I do deserve something you know now that Mm -hmm. took a little while because for a long time I had a poverty mindset so I would hoard my money versus spending it appropriately um but once I got the concept of you know okay I do have the money so I I, it's okay to make the purchase you know um there was no going back (laughs) so I did see it growing up sparingly you know but I did see it thank you for saying that um I was about to say that I didn't see that, but when you you brought that back to me, that's exactly how I saw it. 
I did not mm-hmm. see self-care intentionally, you know, on a daily basis or in the small moments. I saw it in the big trips of going to maybe, you know, I grew up back home. So back home in Trinidad and Tobago. And I saw it in spending the summer here in the U.S. I saw it right. maybe going to Canada. I saw mm-hmm. it maybe taking a big family trip where we all... Mm-hmm you know, took a trip together, but I didn't see it on a daily basis. So um, you're right. Thank you for for pointing that out. I really would have glossed over that and really would not have given that um, the space that it deserves. Because yes, everyone I I knew was in a susu. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, really, at the time when I went, at the time when I lived in California, I was born and raised in California and my aunt moved to Florida before my mom and my aunt stayed, she's there. My mom and my aunt live in Florida now. Um, But back then it was a treat to go to Miami, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's like, okay, you do your lesson. I'll send you to Miami, you know? Yeah. You don't do your lesson. You ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. yeah, so it was it was it was done in that regards, and I think that just as kids growing up, you I think parents do, you know, due diligence with their children to incentivize them to do well in school. Um, but I can say I did not see my mom. My mom was a workaholic, you know, um, and her reward was being recognized at work. You know, she's a part of that generation where you work at work for 50 years and you retire you know so Mm -hmm. for her her reward was being on the front page on the cover of the company magazine that actually happened you know and she was she was very very excited about that this was like the early 90s mid 90s when this happened for her so her reward was in that regards i didn't understand it because she would come home very tired you know and exhausted Um, so, but that was, that was her way of taking care of her. Thanks sis. This was awesome. As I mentioned before, I wanted to stay right at 30 minutes. So we are actually going to end part one of self-care with Kim right here. And we will air part two next week. Thank you so much. This podcast may contain copyrighted material and may not have been specifically authorized by the copyright owner. This should constitute as fair use under Section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Law. If you wish to use any material from this podcast and or site that go beyond fair use, you must obtain express permission from the copyright owner.